Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew Jump. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I was lucky enough to be invited on the Parrot Cave Podcast, hosted by Troy. Uh, on there talking about myself a little bit, talking about the NRL, and talking about the Parramatta Eels in particular. Uh, he's a huge Parramatta Eels fan, he's got a brilliant podcast there. He's had a host of sensational guests on there, not just former Parramatta Eels players, fans, etc., uh, but also just players from all over the NRL. So very worth it having a listen to that podcast. I believe uh, my feature on it will be out out on Monday on the Para Cave podcast, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Here's just a little clip from it, us talking about the Parramatta Eels and uh, a couple of guys to watch this year and, you know, where the Parramatta Eels should be aiming this year. Are they just trying to be a top six team or are they trying to win a premiership? I take a pretty bold stance on this uh, and I stand by it, to be honest with you. So this whole podcast, it'll drop on the Para Cave podcast next Monday and then on the Rugby League Guru podcast as well. Make sure you go and check out Troy's stuff, doing fantastic things. Make sure you're supporting rugby league creators that are uh, going the big lift for all of you guys. Now, you mentioned Dylan Brown there before. Do you think he or is there another player or players under the most pressure this, this season? Mate, I think Dylan Brown's under a lot of pressure from outside of those four walls. I, I'm not sure if he's under that much pressure inside those four walls, to be honest yeah. with you. I think that the coaching staff know enough about rugby league to understand the role that he plays. I've said it for a long time. Uh, fans get too wrapped up in stats and try assists and all this sort of stuff when the reality is that, you know, I have people that say, oh, look, Gutho had, you know, 25 try assists and, you know, Dylan Brown had two, and it's like, yeah, okay, but if you actually go and watch those 25 tries that Clint Gutherson has, how many times is it Dylan Brown that manipulates the entire line, throws it out the back, then Gutho's in a three-on-two? Like, it goes a lot deeper than stats. I think Dylan Brown as well, he's, you know, I, I think I saw a stat a few weeks ago from Random Stats Guy pointing it out that he's the best defensive back in the competition, not just half, he's the best defensive back. 
Um, you know, every time you see Parramatta, you know, concede a long field try, if, you know, if a winger or whatever scores in the corner, the guy that's there is Dylan Brown. I, I mean, he makes all yeah. these try-saving tackles that we all talk about, which is great. But he is putting on efforts on every single play. It doesn't matter which corner they're scoring in. Dylan Brown's always there, and that's the... That's the football sense that he's got as well. He can even sense when there's going to be a break, when a team's got an advantage and he puts himself there. And, I mean, people say, oh, you know, the blonde hair, the the, the, the dancing, the drinking. Oh, he, he's, he thinks he's too yeah. cool. Mate, he works his ass off for the Parramatta Eels, and I don't think people appreciate it enough. For sure. Do, do you think Brad Arthur's under a lot of pressure being a results-driven business? Yeah, well, mate, this is where it's so bloody hard because, you know, Brad Arthur is constantly under pressure. He Like, respectfully, he walked in on an absolute basket case. Now they are yeah. consistently a top six team. And as I said, I, I think the top three teams we've got right now, they are it, – it's it's one of the – like, the, the high-end talent of those top three teams is, is like the, the top end of any competition we've ever seen in the NRL. It takes me back to – you know, how dominant the Broncos and the Raiders were in the early 90s, the Roosters and Canterbury's in the early 2000s. Like, it is bloody hard to get anywhere near that top three. And Parramatta, mate, on their day, they they beat those sides. They beat Melbourne twice last year. They just got knocked over by by Penrith in the finals, missing their their hooker. So it, it is so tough to say Brad Arthur's under pressure, but it also is part of the territory with being the Parramatta coach, um, you know, you, you're under pressure all the time. Realistically, you're a club that expects premierships. That, that That's the mindset of Parramatta Eels fans. That's been engraved in you guys, you know, since the 1980s when Sturlow and Kenny were running around and Parramatta hasn't won in a long time, so you're always going to be under pressure there. But I, I just look at what Brad Arthur's done to keep a team. I mean, you, you've had like one or two years under him where, 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 where you've gone to shit. But outside of that... It's been a top yeah. six finish every year. You might not be true, true contenders to win a premiership those last few years, but I think now he's getting them to the point where he is. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting two years once these guys leave and whatnot, how Brad goes. But, uh, mate, I, I, I always say that there's only five or six coaches in this competition you genuinely want to coach your team. They're Bellamy, Bennett, um, you know, the, the, these sort of guys. And I wouldn't put Brad Arthur in that group, but... Mate, he's not yep. far below that group. He'd probably have to be seventh or eighth realistically, and um, people want to win comps, and I get that, and that should be Parramatta's um, pa- Parramatta's drive to, to win a comp. They're not in the relevant business anymore; they're in the premierships business, and mate, sometimes that can be fucking cutthroat, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah, especially with that thirty-six year drought. Um, with the, how do you think the Eels get over that second straight? Uh, Second week straight set finals loss after the especially after the last three years. Do you think they use that loss against Penrith as a motivation or completely different? Mate, I I think they will use it as a motivation. And to be honest with you, mate, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know the answer of how to get Parramatta to you know overcome um, their worries on the big stages. I don't know what the answer is. You'd need you know this. This is where. I think that if Parramatta are to move Brad Arthur on, they need to get one of those big six coaches that has been there on the big stages and has delivered. If they were to move Brad Arthur on and go for you know a, a, another coach that hasn't performed in finals or hasn't won a premiership, I, I just think it's very sideways, you know? Um, I, 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 I don't know how they overcome 
you know, their, their, their issues that they've got in finals. And mate, it's the age-old question, you know. You just you, you can't just buy experience. You've, it's just got to come. And I, I think it will come eventually for Mitch Moses, Dill Brown and, and Clint Gutherson. Um, but it is just going to take time. The hard thing is with them that, you know, Dylan Brown doesn't play State of Origin. Clint Gutherson, you know, he, he's probably not going to play Origin. Moses played one game last year, but he's probably not going to be there. So... Your key spine is young, and there's no other real experienced head that's a true winner in that club. And then they don't get the opportunities for six weeks every year to spend time with these, you know, your Munsters, your Kearys, yeah. your Clearys, these sort of guys. That's where it's really hard for Parramatta. And it's just unlucky because Gutho's a gun fullback, but you've got so many fucking fullbacks that you have to pick some of them in the centres. So it's near impossible for him to get in the side. You've got great halves. You've got great five eight. so it's very hard for... You know, the other guys yeah. to make it in. And, you know, Dill Brown would have normally played international footy the last two years, but he hasn't been able to. So it's a very awkward position for uh, Parramatta. I mean, mate, you uh, imagine if you would have had um, Reid Marnie in the finals last year and if he, would, if he wouldn't have got injured and he would have played an entire Origin Series working with DCE, working with Munster, these sort of guys, it would have taken his game to a new level. And I just think that's where Parramatta gets very unlucky sometimes and it's sort of out of their control. Yeah, I have heard you mention in your podcast before that uh, Parramatta need that big game star player uh, in their team. Uh, are they the sort of guys that you think if they became available that um, they're the star players that obviously would para, uh, suit Parramatta? Yeah, potentially, mate. I mean, uh, like, it's awkward though because, I mean, the guys you've got in 7, 6 and 1 are really talented guys. You don't... I mean, like, if you would have got, like, an Adam Reynolds, for example, his experience on the big stages, but you've got Dill Brown and you've got Mitch Moses. Like, it's not like you've got a problem in the halves. It's just about getting that experienced winner to come into the side. I mean, I I, I look at your team right now, team running out this weekend, um, guys that have won a premiership before. What is it? Is it just Ryan Madison? He he won coming off the bench for, for the Roosters, you know, like outside, outside of that. And, mate, I, I make it sound like, I oh, just go out and get a winner. These guys are bloody hard to get because these guys, there's only been three teams that have won premierships in the last five or six years. These guys tend to stay at those clubs. You guys also don't want to pay an arm and a leg to get, you know, to yeah, overpay right. for someone. Mate, it's a, it, it's an awkward situation. I make it sound really easy, like just go and get one. It's it, The reality of it is that it's bloody hard to do. But, you know, you've... You've tried to do the best things around that by bringing in guys like Joey and these sort of guys, and I think they have had a positive impact on um, your halves and your fullback. But once again, you're just in a you're, you're in a tough situation. All things considered, that you don't have a true winner to be in the same conversation as those top three teams consistently, it is a credit to Brad Arthur. Yeah, that's it. Now, um, do you think having co-captain is a good idea? Does having Junior as a captain take pressure off? so he can concentrate a bit more on his football? Yeah, look, I don't mind the co-captain's idea, but I think you have three at an absolute maximum. Um, You know, seeing the Tigers name five, that doesn't quite make sense to (laughs) me. Um, Three at absolute max, I I wouldn't be stoked with three, to be honest with you. I I, I think two is the real Goldilocks zone. That's a good spot to be. And if I was to pick two, I think having a guy in the backs and a guy in the forwards is perfect. Um, I think Gutho has been a good leader for you guys. He's obviously still very young. He, he he's still finding his way in our game. You know, I think we 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 sort of look at Gutho and we think, oh, you know, he, he's one of the you know more experienced guys in the game. He's still learning. He's what 26, 27, 28 around that mark. Like he's still finding his way. He's also yeah. 
not getting those opportunities once like who 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 are the other leaders that Clint Gutherson spends time with during the year? Like it's just him. He doesn't go to Origin yeah. Camp. He doesn't do these sort of things, and that's you know that, that, that's just unlucky the position he's in. But I think Junior Paulo's going to be a really good addition. And mate, based on what we saw in the trials the other day, I thought Paulo looked incredible, and it looks like uh, he's taken a lot out of getting that um that captaincy tag. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you think he's the best front rower in the game at the moment? Um, on his day, yes. Um, it's hard, mate. You've got like, you've obviously got Payne Haas, who is probably the biggest freak out of all of them. Um, he's yeah. very young, though. You know, he's he, you know he, he, he he's a freakish talent like that we haven't really seen before. Uh, then you got a guy like James Fisher Harris, who I think is really underrated. Um, as much as people rate him, I still think he's underrated. Uh, I, I could argue for him being the best front rower in the game. I could even argue, you know, like Jared Rhea Hargraves, he might not, not, not have the stats and everything, but when it comes to the intimidation factor and, and just being yeah. an asshole, he is fantastic at that. Junior is like the centre of the universe of all these front rowers. He brings you that sort of explosiveness that a Payne Haas brings you. He brings you the ball playing. Uh, you know, I was just trying to think of someone else that has the ball playing of him, but he is the best ball playing front rower in our game. So he's got that to his game. He's got the intimidation side to him as well. He, he can just do everything junior. So, uh, mate, I, I think he's got the potential to be the best front rower in rugby league. I just find it hard to look past the freakish athletic ability of, of Payne Haas and what James Fisher-Harris has achieved. He's obviously been to two grand finals in a row, but, mate, Junior... I, I always look at Junior Paulo and Adam Fanua Blake and just think, good God, these two are so underrated. Not even funny. And as I said, Junior Paulo's got this unbelievable s- s- set of ball skills on him. And sometimes for a front rower, that can hinder you a, a, a little bit because you start to ball play a little bit too much. You start to go sideways. And sometimes... That can be the problem with Parramatta for me. They don't go forward enough. And sometimes... And that, that's, that's the thing with Junior. Like, his greatest talent can sometimes be his downfall because he does try and sort of overplay his ball playing at times. But once he finds the zone that just works for his team and works for him, um, mate, he, he is one of the more dangerous prospects in rugby league. I mean, you can't one-on-one him. You have to put three men into a tackle. With his subtle ball playing, if he's got guys pushing up next to him, he could, he could just be so dangerous. And he looks so dangerous... Um, the other day for Parramatta. Yeah, no, I love Junior. Who do you think will be the breakout Eels star this season? It's a tough one because your, your team's pretty like, like if if you would have said to me in October last year, what's going to be the Parramatta round one team? Like, I think I would have got pretty close guessing it. You know, there's not really anyone yeah. that's shocked me. Um, I'm a huge fan of Penasini. I absolutely love him. I, I remember watching him play schoolboy. Um, yeah. rugby union and I've just always been a huge fan of him so um, if you if you can de- declare him as already not breaking out I, I think he will be one to keep an eye on I'm very high on him I know he's a little bit older but um, Makatoa off the bench he's really impressed oh, yeah. me in trials he's got 
He's got a little bit of a Isaiah Papali'i sort of feel. I look at him in Supercoach and I'm like, ah, oh, he, he won't get the minutes. But I remember saying that about Isaiah Papali'i last year and good <laughs> God, didn't that bite us in the ass, you know? So, mate, I, I, I think there is um, a few guys there w- w- with a lot of potential. But as I said, sort of knew what the Parramatta team was going to look like from yeah. like October. You pretty much knew what the Parramatta team for round one this year was going to look like at, at round one last year, you know? Um, and that's credit to Parramatta and the squad they've built. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably go Penasini. I don't mind the look of Sean Russell, uh, but Penasini's definitely uh, my favourite one at the moment. Yeah, it's probably probably my favourite as well, Will. Um, there's a little bit of pressure and expectation on him, but uh, he's had a full pre-season and played the final footy last year. So, um, and did that, uh, I think they did that kick in, inside uh, for that one of those tries at the trial game so yeah, no, I'm I, I, looking forward to seeing him the, the thing that really stood out to me for Parramatta in that trial was that they look like like that they always look like a team that is good but they they, they just struggle to go to that next step to, to me that for the first time in a long time they look like a team that was playing the other day that, that finally looked like they've been together for five years and that's massive yeah. for me. Like they finally look like everyone just knew their role. Everyone knew what they had to do. The forwards weren't weren't messing around and going sideways. They were going forward. They were getting to their spots they need to get to. And then even on that try, you know, it went through so many hands. It had a kick in the middle. Reed Marnie picked it up and, and just and just threw it straight away. It's just those those little things that you could see. Like like most teams with the amount of new combinations they've got, they wouldn't have scored that try. The, the right centre wouldn't yeah. have kicked it infield to the hooker and, and he wouldn't have held the ball for less than half a second and pop it up to his you know, edge back row to score that try in the pissing rain. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of good things to take from, from, from their performance the other day. And I just love the way that they're, they're finally looking like they've gelled together as a team that knows each other inside out. Well, let's hope so. And what do you see as a pass mark for this season? Once again, mate, we come back to this. It's so bloody difficult. I mean, if yeah. you're, I mean, you, you have to be in the top six. If you're not in the top six based on your squad, I think that's that's a failure. Um, whereas, mate, the, the, there's 12 other teams in this competition that if I say if they make that's the, the, the top six, that's a raging success, you know? That's just the landscape of our competition right now. I'm, mate, I, I, I honestly think that you, you've got the squad at the moment that can win a premiership. I know, I know it sounds harsh, okay. but... Yep. I, I, I think for you guys, if, if you don't win a premiership, uh, that's probably a failure for you because you should be that that should be Parramatta's aim now. You're you're no longer a just ho- hoping to be a top four team. You know, you, you might finish fifth or sixth, but you're a top four team. You've shown that on a number of occasions. So for me, uh, winning a premiership is if you don't win a premiership, it's probably a failure. And to be honest with you, that should be the same standard for every single team in this competition. And I think that's what we forget a lot of the time that. The objective is to win a premiership. For the teams at the bottom of the ladder, if they don't win a premiership, it's a failure. For Parramatta, who have locked themselves in, in, into being a top four team, not winning a premiership is is definitely um, a failure for me now. Yeah, 